0: Hello and welcome to the Swift Coders podcast, where each week we interview an amazing Swift developer about their experience with Apple's new open source programming language. We hear their stories, learn their tips and tricks, and try to leave you feeling inspired and empowered on your Swift Coder journey. I'm your host, Garrick, and today's guest is Dominic Hauser. Dominic is an iOS developer at Energy App Provider, a public service application for people living in Germany. He has multiple independent apps in the App Store. He's the author of Test-Driven iOS Development with Swift, and he also writes at swiftandpainless.com. Welcome to the show, Dominic.
1: um, Hi, hi. thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) My pleasure. Uh, Thank you for coming on the show. How are you?
1: I'm fine, thanks. How are you?
0: I am good. What are you up to right now?
1: I am working at, uh, as you said, at energy app provider, and we are building an app uh, for end users. um, And the app, our customers uh, are um, energy, so public services um, providers. And the end user can download the app, and it's just for um, keeping the customer using um, the service of the public service agencies. That's
0: that's cool. A little bit of backstory on how. Dominic and I met, uh, there was a post on, I think it was iOS Dev Weekly, maybe it was Swift. No, it was Uh, iOS Dev Weekly. Okay, so iOS Dev Weekly uh, linked to one of Dominic's Swift and uh, Painless posts about his, uh, well, well, what's it called? The favorite or my best table view controller?
1: It's the best table view controller. It was just getting a bit over the top. So it's it's meant to be my best table view controller, but I wanted to get a really catchy title. So I used the best table view controller.
0: Yes, and you, this is something you do like every year or every...
1: Yeah, every every once in a while, when I came uh, when I come uh, over or think about it and get a new idea how to make the table view controller uh, code better, because this is very common in iOS development that you use table view controllers and it's really important that they are fast, snappy, and easy to maintain.
0: Right. So okay. So iOS Dev le- uh, Weekly posts you know links to that. I read the article and I was particularly interested in it because yeah we always work with table view controller but there was one particular part where you're giving the responsibility of the cell to sort of configure its own data now i know some people uh, they don't agree with that but it was something that i had been thinking about because configuring the cell in self road index path always just kind of seemed weird to me and i thought why not just give the a model the item to the cell and let the cell kind of take care of it and yeah. you were sort of doing that in your, I think, cell config function. I was like, oh, yes. cool. We're kind of thinking about the same thing.
1: Um, I have to say I'm not the first person thinking about this. I have seen this in other, um, in other uh, blog posts or video tutorials. Um, it's, it's kind of, so the, the controversy t- controversy comes from that it kind of breaks the model view controller pattern a bit. Not really, but a bit, because the view knows a bit about the model, so it has to know something. It, maybe uh, using a protocol, so only that you knew, okay, the the model object has a, a, a special kind of property that the cell can use to populate its, its uh, labels or, or image views or something like that. So it kind of breaks the the separation, but it's... In my in my opinion, it's not that bad because the the view so the table view cell already needs to know what it can <laughs> present. For example, um, <sighs> a, a, a label so a text a name or an image so it it knows something about the the model already. Right. But only maybe just that it has a, a name or a, a property which can be put into a label. That's some, something like that it already knows because you put a label into the cell. So in my opinion, it's not that that uh, bad to do it this way. It would be really bad to let the, the model know something about the view because you want to be able to use the same model um, for a Mac application, for example, or for a command line application. And therefore you don't want to have the model know use something about the view, but the other way around, in my opinion is not that not that
0: bad. Did you get some uh, kind of uh, feedback, some comments, uh, sort of saying, "Hey, no, don't do this. This is totally wrong." Did you get some comments, people saying stuff like that?
1: Um, not not about this kind of uh, breaking the the laws, <laughs> if you <laughs> were to say that, um, but about using any. That was really controversial in a Slack channel, in a German Slack channel. Uh, like any um, object. With, yes, it's uh, no, it's it's really not. It's any object is is not that bad, like any, because any is everything. Oh, any is also oh. structs and enums and all that stuff, and I use I really see. any because the cell um, doesn't, or, or more the table view controller doesn't know anything about the the model. I, So I I just explain it a little bit further. Um, I have a base table view controller, and I inherit, uh, so I make subclasses of this base table view controller and use this as the table view controller. And the base table view controller knows nothing about what is going to be presented and what is presenting that stuff. So it doesn't know the model objects, which model objects there, there are or um, the cells and how they look like. This is this is stuff I do in the in the subclasses of right. the base table view controller, and therefore oh, there, the oh sorry
0: go ahead
1: yeah therefore the the base table view controller knows nothing about the model, and therefore I need to 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 use the any type in the config uh, method of the cell. So I call the config method of the cell in the base table view controller, and therefore I need the any type there.
0: Right, okay, and we'll definitely link to that article that kind of got all this started uh, in the show notes. So I you know, I read that article, I was like, this, this is pretty cool, and I never heard of your blog before, so I go to your Twitter, and I learned that you're just this really cool uh, iOS developer. In Germany, you have an awesome blog, you have this book that you're writing, you have a bunch of apps in the App Store, you have your GitHub page where you list like all the open source um, iOS apps, maybe more, and I'm like, man, who is this guy? I need to get you on the show. So thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm really excited to hear about your Thanks story. For and me. My pleasure. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit more about? Uh, well, actually, tell us how you got started programming. Um, w- when did you first, you know, learn programming? Was this something you did in high school, or even before? or Was this something more recently?
1: So um, I started uh, um, after after high school. I uh, I I went to the university to study physics, so I'm a physicist. Wow. And um, during the physics studies, most physicists have to do some programming of of some kind. And it really interests. I, I really got interested in programming, so I started to learn C, the really old C language from from the seventies, and that was really nice and, and and helped me a lot to to get an insight in what programming is and did some toy projects I didn't didn't use it much in the studies but I did some pro- toy projects in my spare time you and didn't then
0: have, uh, you had no programming experience before then until university
1: no no none at all wow um but C is is quite yeah it's 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 a powerful language but it's really very narrow scope so it's not that wide scoped like uh, swift or objective c in my opinion so in terms you can of what you, you can do with it yes yes and and you can you can do so c is still a, a language which is widely used because it's so fast it's so so near the metal so uh, it's it's kind of one step uh, above assembler and and that stuff and you really you can really write fast programs in c and in uh, my um, phd I used C to um, build a controller app for some kind of camera we used in this experiment I I was working on. And uh, this helped me to get more experience in C, and later on some C++ to to get the data, um, to to read out the data, to visualize the data. Um, But this was all I did, so I don't really used C++. I just could change programs which were also, which, was, which were already there, but I couldn't write my own programs in C++. So I mainly only had experience in C. and then I went um, uh, so I, I, le- I left the university and started as a physics teacher at an, another university and i met a guy from my group on a party later and he told me hey look at this i have an an app in the app store and i was so <laughs> so jealous kind of because um i had an ipod touch already and i really really liked the device it was so cool it was i think it was ios 2.0 so really early the, the first ipod touch and okay
0: so like 2008 maybe
1: yes it was two, 2008 and i started to read what apple provided as free pdfs for objective c and how to program in objective c and and how to 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 build apps for for ios and i failed um, <laughs> yeah i i didn't get my my Why? head around it so i just um, stepped back and did something else and tried it later again a few months later and then it, it went a bit better and then I, I started to to just think about how to how, how can I learn it and, and the first thing uh, which can, comes comes to mind even today is buy a good book about it So I bought the book about iOS development for I think it was iOS 3.2 or something so wow. no, iOS 3.0 was was the version
0: Do you remember um, the publisher?
1: Yes, but I can't pronounce it. His name is Sidatsky <laughs> or something like that, He's a really, really um, famous uh, security researcher, and he okay. also wrote a book about before the App Store was um, live. He he wrote a book about how to build apps for the iPhone, uh, for the jail- jailbroken iPhone. So, <laughs> wow. it was really, really, uh, 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 really good book. Um, it helped me a lot to to get inside, and. At the university, uh, I al- always wanted a good formula collection for the iPod Touch, just to to have it with me in my pocket.
0: And, formula uh, collection. Yes. Collector. So
1: uh, a collection where all those formulas are already in. So you, I don't want it
0: to like a reference.
1: In. Yes, a reference, a formula reference. Yes, correct for for physics. Wow. And I searched the App Store, and it wasn't there. And uh, It was the the golden age, and I started to to look into iOS, and then one one plus one gives two, and I started to program (laughs) to write my own. And um, I started at the beginning of 2009, and I published it in autumn 2009. So it was I think it was September or or October. It was such a great feeling to have an, an an application on the App Store, and at that time, still, it was not that much uh, on the App Store, and it was quite quite um, successful in in my opinion. So I, I made some some money from it, um, and w- built new versions and updated with more formulas and stuff. Um, it was from from when I look now at the app and at the code, it was really bad code. It was my first ever code uh, in in object oriented um, in in a really object oriented language. And were you so, doing
0: this in your spare time? Yes. Yes. I was wow, so how did you find time. time to how did you find time to do that? You were if you were working full time as a teacher, yeah. You just did it you just find a little time here and there, or how did you do it?
1: I think every evening it, I was I was living in 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 a town far away from my uh, girlfriend uh, at that time, uh, who's now my wife. So <laughs> it it, it doesn't break up because of my programming. Uh, <laughs> that's um, good to hear. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's really good. And um, the thing is, I just. I used every every minute I had after work, to I just get something to, to eat and then looked into the, the books. And um, uh, the, the, the app I published after, uh, I, I don't know, seven months or something like that wasn't really a complicated app. So today I would. Write this in a few weeks, so it was really not the complicated thing, and most of the code was more or less copied from the book. I it was a a nice coincidence that some of the one of the examples he used in the book was quite quite similar to what I wanted to achieve. Um,
0: what would you so, say was the most complicated or most difficult part of you're you're a physics uh, student and a teacher? You're, uh, but and then you just start learning programming, or you have some programming experience, but you just start learning iOS development. Like we have a lot of listeners who are are new to iOS development. Like, what was the most complicated? What was the most important? Uh, you know, hardest part of just kind of jumping right yeah. in.
1: Yeah. How'd so, so the hardest, the hardest part for me was um, ar- architecture of the app.
0: Right. And
1: it, it is uh, it is really uh, um, the archite- ar- ar- architecture of the app is really bad. It's it's hardly <laughs> hardly maintainable. But the most important thing uh, is to, to keep doing, keep doing it, keep um, uh, right. Keep-
0: like feel free to make mistakes. Yes, because you can always go back and refactor. I find myself wanting to kind of do it the most best or cleanest or efficient way. Which gets in my way sometimes. So then I'll just kind of just do it how I the easiest way for me, and then go back and think kind of what's the better solution here.
1: Yes, and it's always, always that after kind of four months or six months, you look at the code again, and it's it's bad code. This this will never stop. And um, it's even today when I look at code I wrote six months ago. Um most of the time I just think who who wrote that It can't be me so um but this is a good thing you always improve yourself you always get better you you th- learn new stuff and this makes you a better programmer and this this also this this is also what what what's so in- interesting about this stuff
0: So are you still teaching now or did you are you do full full-time iOS development so how did you make that jump?
1: oh ah, yeah, okay um. So I published the app in the App store and later on another app um, just because I had more ideas than, than what could fit in one, one app. And the success was quite good and I, I got better in, in doing in doing iOS development. and um, I wanted to move uh, to the city where my, my my now wife lived back then. It was uh, two hours away by train. And uh, we only saw each other on weekends. And so we wanted to, to live together. And at one point, I just said, oh, come on. I, I, I can just try it. So I quit my job without having a new one and said, I move here, and we will find something I can do. So I, I also um, wrote the university here in Dusseldorf, but they didn't answer. And then I went to, to Um, iOS developer agencies so consulting firms and uh, just ask if they want to hire me and one of them said yes and I really thank I'm really thankful today that they hired me because I wasn't that experienced and I wasn't a really good programmer and I was the only iOS developer for the firm for the company back then
0: but why do you think they hired you?
1: um, I think they hired me because back then there were already not that much iOS developers. So I heard from them that they, heard, they had before one iOS developer, but this one was even less experienced than me, and he just quit after two days because he couldn't couldn't figure out how to, to write the program they wanted to have. And um, it was a, 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 a nice stroke of learn. luck. Yeah, it was it was really lucky. I I was really lucky to to
0: work. But you had put yourself in the position to to receive the opportunity and to to take it. You know, you had done all that work beforehand. Yeah, that's sort of sort of uh, how it's been working for me too. You know, you just do it because you're interested in it, and then you realize it's something you want to do. And because of that work you put in, you set yourself up to receive opportunities and take advantage of them.
1: And this is this is also a really important thing. I heard from from people that they, when they do job interviews, they ask the people, um, "What do you in your spare time? D- tell me something something cool you did in your spare time." And I think it's really important that you keep learning all 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 the time. That you keep doing stuff, do keep crazy stuff in your spare time, just to improve your your skill. I, I think it's really important to be. I don't know. Um, really on fire about the, the the thing you want to achieve. And this helped me a lot, yes.
0: And you mean in your spare time, um, not just like extracurricular activities, like non-coding things, but you mean actual coding, like side projects? Yes. Right. Yeah, and I like what you said about being on fire because I wanted to ask you, what do you like about coding? I assume you like iOS development or maybe even you love iOS development. Like, well, what is it about programming in general or ios development um that you like because i love you know i love the creative and intellectual part of it you know it really gets me on fire as you said
1: yeah yeah this is this is uh, this is true for me as well i love i love to be creative to find ways around bugs or problems i i thought i can't um i can't manage and then i just keep doing it for one or three days, and finally, I find the way how to how to achieve what I want to achieve. Um, I also like that it's kind of um, it, it's uh, limited what you have to know to do amazing stuff. Um, if if I compare it to to physics, you have to be a really really good physicist to be one of. Uh, uh, one of the good physicists because they are so that the, the f- physics is so endless. You can you can find always um, things you you don't know even in your special uh, department. Even I don't know if it's for all physicists, but it was for me. I I just found always stuff I didn't know. When i know, I I felt I I'm not a good physicist. And in in programming, I have the feeling because there are really strict rules the computer is a strict machine and if you talk wrong to the computer it doesn't do anything and in physics or in, in, in other science um, the, the rules aren't really known or they aren't really really yeah they, they can be bent sometimes and sometimes not and it's, it's kind of not limited and and I really like to be to have a limited thing where I can still it's it's it still feels limitless so you can still learn every day something about Objective-C or something about Swift or something about iOS development and each and every year new APIs got released by Apple so there's still a lot to learn but you can do amazing stuff with a kind of limited knowledge about that. So
0: I, if, I know exactly. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I know exactly what you're talking about. It, in, it is limit uh, limitless in the sense there's always going to be new things to learn. And that's what's exciting about it. But then at the same time, it's limited or at least there are rules in place where you can get to the right answer. Uh, I don't know enough about physics to talk about to talk about that. But that's one thing I really do like about programming is there is a way to get to your um, to get to your uh, the solution to, you know to solve your problem but then at the same time there's multiple ways to get to that um, you know that solution and that's actually what I liked about math when I was studying it in schools like you just kind of learned the formulas how to work with the formulas and then you can kind of solve the, the equation
1: yeah and about the limits so I, I find it really interesting to find, creative solution for stuff where many people think this is already solved for example right. the table take it view for con- granted the, yeah the table view controller stuff i it was really kind of okay i think i can improve it and even if the improvement is is small but maybe i can do something cool and with the generics in, in swift and the protocol-oriented programming and all that stuff. There's a new playground to make a good table view controller, and this is stuff I really like. It's not the stuff uh, like really complicated Swift monads and the the, the um, functional like, programming stuff. It's more like kind of stuff I think I know already, but find ways to make it even better, even improve what I think is still really good. Right. And you know
0: the good thing about that is when you do that you actually solidify your knowledge of those objects uh, or that you know those frameworks for instance table view controller that you're already working with but you take it for granted you know how you work with it but when you you know subclass it and try to create your own version of table view controller you learn more about the inner workings of it Yeah That's great So what what else is there anything else cuz I mean think about think about uh, your original reason why you got into iOS development i mean i think a lot of yeah. people me me included the reason i got into this is cuz i wanted to create something yeah. i had an idea
1: yeah that's that's the point you 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 do some stuff really some cryptic you, you type in some some cryptic word into a computer and then you hit the button and and it starts on your telephone, on your on, your, on the <laughs> phone you have with you. This is this is really a great feeling when you see your app, which with 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 your icon you designed the icon on your on your iOS device. This is really a great feeling, and this this keep me kept me doing it. I think um, to, to to see what I have done, even if it's. Um, improvable or, or, or something like that. But uh, t- to see that I have uh, something on the telephone, that was that was one of the things I, I really liked at the beginning and still, still like it a lot.
0: Me too. Me too. I mean, to be able to see the results immediately is something I really like as well. You know, you just code, hit run, and you see the results. Yeah. So before we move on to the next segment where we talk more specifically about your experience with Swift and iOS development, I just want to thank a reviewer, someone that left a review on iTunes. Uh, Commander Shepard said, fun show, five stars. Garrick is an awesome personality, and I find it very interesting to hear other people's development stories, as well as get a sense of the local iOS development scene. You know, a lot of the people I had on when the podcast first launched were from L.A., and you're actually the first person I'm interviewing that's, um, you know, outside of country I interviewed someone in uh, Chicago I interviewed someone in New York before that it was all LA but you're the first person that I've interviewed that's uh in another country so yeah but thank you so much to Commander Shepard for leaving that review this is exactly why the podcast exists for people like you and uh yeah so thank you so much for for the review it really does help so Dominic tell us about your experience with Swift it came out June 2014 uh, were you watching the keynote when it was announced
1: yeah sure I watched every keynote uh, since I started developing for ios um the I, I I watched it and as I think as as maybe all uh, of the developers I couldn't believe my my ears and my eyes they they really wanted to, <laughs> to, to use a new programming language so I already had heard from other people that they don't like the state of uh, Objective-C so it could be improved by some bits. I didn't really agree on most parts because I didn't know the, the really internal stuff of, of Objective-C and I was quite happy with it because I didn't know any really exp- um, advanced language um, so I only knew C and um, a bit of C++ and no other language where I could think of stuff I would like to have in Objective-C and then they announced Swift and it was quite interesting because um, I always um, I always entered um, fields which were already populated by a lot of people for example when I started to program in C, C was already already um, an old language when I started uh, iOS development this was already kind of one and a half years old there were already people programming um, amazing applications for for iOS so um, it was interesting to be at the beginning of something I felt could become big and to be part of it, to learn exactly the same stuff the the first uh, people who who started using Swift learned, and to read their amazing blog posts and and this kept me going. So I f- from from day one of uh, the announcement of Swift. Um, I only used... I, I, I only programmed in Swift in my spare time. Wow, really? Yes. All my projects <laughs> from that on were in Swift only in my spare time. Oh, so in, Or in,
0: Objective-C. Oh, so you still use Objective-C at, at work?
1: Yes, yes. Um, that's mainly because Swift is still um, improving very fast, so it changes very fast. And uh, each... A new version of Swift breaks the code and um, we have the feeling that we are on a safer bet if we use Objective-C because we we need to be able to ship an app within two days if we we need and if a new Swift version comes out and breaks all your code this can be a, a game changer or it can be yeah hold you back from from being that productive uh, what you uh, how you would li- like to be
0: it's gone really far since it was uh first announced and it seems way more stable now
1: yeah it is it is um and i i i personally would change to or would do some of the code in swift but my colleagues are um yeah they, they want to stay with objective c until at least swift 3.0 where the um, stability of the language is going to be a much, uh, much better than than it's now so it won't change that much from from then on um, at least right. in my in my opinion um right. i think
0: I, the, some of the main goals uh, for swift 3.0 is the stability
1: yeah yeah and it's it's okay so i it, I also enjoy to program in two different languages, which are kind of similar, because the, the programming I do in Swift changes my style in Objective-C and vice versa. So I uh, improve both uh, my, my, my skills that way. And um, yeah, I, I would like to program more in Swift because um, I think I can, I, I would, I could improve my experience if I just um, do more more than uh, I do now in my spare time, but um, it's okay for now. I think we will change sometimes in the future, and um, then it's good to have some experience. And yeah, it's it's a good. It's it's um, enough to learn. I think when we when we switch to Swift.
0: So, not even new features at your uh, company are being uh, implemented in Swift.
1: No, nothing. So, what I did, I uh, introduced some of the tests to be in in Swift, because oh, if the tests, yeah, if the tests break, this is not it's it's bad, but it's not that of a game changer. Um, we can throw away the tests and uh, write new ones. Um,
0: is that how you started working on the test driven iOS development with Swift book?
1: No, no, other way around. I first wrote the book and thought, mm, I, I, we, because um, th- the thing we are working on right now has not many tests, and really, we, we we need more tests. And we already started to write tests for for the code because you know, untested code can can happen at any everything. It's it's good that we both are. No, now we are three people since um, the beginning of last month. And, uh, Three two, iOS developers. Yes, and two of them. So one colleague of of mine is really experienced, way more experienced than I am. Uh, I think he wrote um, Mac applications twenty years ago or something like that. So wow. he's really experienced in Objective C and in in all that stuff. And therefore, the the code we write, especially he writes, is is really good code. And therefore, we don't we are in a in a good position when we can, we, we can test the app by by tapping around. So most of the tests are just tested, or uh, so we test the apps um, by by running it and see if, if all the the features work. But we have realized that we have to change to to automatic tests. And so I finished the book, and then I started to. To implement um, some of the the new features in test driven development style, so first wrote the test and then the code, and it really it wasn't that that slow. So normally you think when you write the test, you do you need um, a lot a lot longer writing writing your code because you have to write a test, have to write the code. So it's, it It sounds like you you need two times longer to do that, but the thing is you have to think about how to write your code, and the tests help to think about your code. So the tests guide your code and therefore it's not two times um, you, you don't need two times longer. To, to implement the feature you need at the beginning a bit longer because you're not experienced in writing tests and what how the test should look
0: like and which tests make sense and which tests are just wasting waste time. Um, On that subject yeah. of experience with tests, I have some experience. I've uh, actually attended a few meetups where we've talked about tests. Our current meetup, uh, LearnSwift LA, every other week we uh we basically we don't write the tests, but we write Swift code to make the tests pass. I think we're using a platform called Exorcism, and yeah. so um, I you know I have some exposure to tests, but I think the thing that the what I'm wondering, and I think a lot of other uh, Swift coders are wondering, is at what point should we start looking into tests if we're new to programming or new to iOS development? Is this something that we need to learn immediately? Because my understanding is, I think, you know, kind of understand how to build a project, build an application, and then you can start to learn testing and, and uh, implement it. But what would you say?
1: Yeah, I think it's, it's just my opinion. I can just talk for me, but I think it's, it's correct what you said. I think you need a bit of experience in writing applications. And in my book, um, I don't explain anything about iOS development. I use Swift. As the the reader already knows, Swift and iOS Um, also...
0: So let's say someone was thinking about getting your book. How much experience would you say that they might want? Like a year, a year and a half of of iOS development experience before they actually start getting your book, getting into it?
1: I think a year is enough. If you have done one or two toy projects um, in, in your spare time, better if they... Uh, even better if, if you put it on, on the, onto the App Store because um, you know the last 20% of your project takes 80% of your time so when you program in your spare time and you say okay now the application is finished it's completely different when you take the next step and put it onto the App Store because then you say oh maybe ah, oh, the, the font is not perfect, the font size is not perfect, I would like that the People can change the font size and all that stuff comes in the last 20% of the of the, the implementation and it takes 80% of the time. So it's best when you have already an app in the App Store because then you have seen the whole cycle what you have to do okay. in developing an app. Um, and I think one year Swift iOS development experience should be enough for the book.
0: Is testing something that's pretty commonplace amongst uh, companies or agencies Um, Or is it, you know, do independent developers, other independent developers, um, you know, or making independent apps, do you see that they're doing testing too? So is it something that you should definitely learn eventually?
1: Yes. Uh, In my opinion, you should learn it as as, as early as possible. I think you need a bit of experience in iOS because you need to think about how I can test this and you can't okay. know about how you can test this if you de- if you don't have any experience how the interaction of the different parts of the application work. So I think you need a bit of experience in iOS development but tests are really important. Um, there's a book by the program, the, it's called the Programmatic Programmer and of that. they they state something like you own your code. It's your code. You are responsible for your code. So you want that you want that the code works. And they talk about confidence. So um, if if you if you have tests which have a, a high test coverage. Um, of your project, high, high test coverage means that um, many many paths um, through your code base are tested by your tests. Um, then you you are confident that it works. You have you have not you 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 don't think that your your code works that your features works, but you have proven it that they work. And right. this is this is important to be confident confident about your code, in my opinion. So if if someone so works, I'm, a, I'm gonna go yeah. ahead.
0: no, I'm gonna I'm gonna get your a copy of your book uh, because I think I want to start learning more about this on you know on my own, um, and that way when I'm you know meeting with other people I'm more knowledgeable about it. Does your book include like a little intro on what testing actually is and maybe like. Testing and code coverage, like just a general understanding of it. Yes, like that.
1: So the book is uh, in the book. I assume that the reader has no experience with testing at all. Okay, so it starts with um, the first uh, first tests in 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 Xcode, and then in the book I build a complete app uh, in test driven development style. Um, I would recommend that you get the. There's a free chapter on on the book page. Uh, on, okay. on the on the web page, and if you Google around, there also there's also another um, chapter available, maybe on Amazon. I think they have a different chapter on Amazon than on on, on the Pact homepage. Uh, so read those two chapters, if, and if you think uh, that you can learn something from it, then yeah, buy it. If not, then don't buy it, because I don't want to 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 bother you with stuff you don't. You don't need. And um,
0: well, it, it sounds like eventually we should all be learning testing. But for those that are sort of new or still in their you know first year, maybe just continue to focus on getting the foundations of iOS development with Swift. Um, but it's, I think it's time for me to start learning. So I'm definitely going to pick up your book yeah. and start reading it. So what I also want to talk about your blog, swiftandpainless.com. We mentioned it before, that article about the best table view controller but can you tell us uh, uh, wh- why you created the blog uh, and what you like to write about
1: yeah so um i i had development blogs before um but those blogs i had one blog um which doesn't so the the name of the of the site so the the url didn't include anything about programming so it was hard to find and i wanted to have a a really catchy name and a, a, a nice .dot um, com um, domain. And you I said
0: you're bad at naming, but I think you hit it on the nail with this. One.
1: <laughs> so yeah, it it was my idea. So <laughs> so this was. <laughs> it was or it wasn't? No, it wasn't. Um, I oh, was okay. I was at a conference and one of the talks. It was kind of a a, a talk, which quite. Um, Critical about Swift, and they had the title Swift and painless with a question mark. Nice. Uh, yes, and I just used this title for my um, domain, and I really like it. Um, and um, I put some of the old blog posts also into there, but sometime I had to to move the 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 hosting stuff to to another hoster, and lost some of the pictures. So some old. Um, some old posts don't have pictures, so uh, I have to fix this some sometime, but you know, it's always some something is always more important than how old blog posts look like on my blog. Um, why I, did you create it? Yeah, I created it because
0: um I mean, why do you write these articles?
1: Yeah, the thing is, I heard from a lot uh, of experienced developers. Um, quotes like you should write a blog. Um, the the reason is when you write the blog, you have to explain it, and when nice. you have to explain it, you have to understand it more than you think you have right. to explain it to 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 use it. So um, if you want to really get into that, if if you want to get experience in what you do, I think it's really important to do something like that. You can also do a I don't know, um, uh, video tutorials on YouTube or... Uh, I host
0: my meetup and I teach people through there.
1: Yeah, something like that. Talk about it. Explain it to other people. Um, let they explain stuff they learned to you and talk about it. I think this is most important. And um, what I really liked, um, I, I was I was very proud that my article got... Um, into the newsletter because I wanted to be in the newsletter since it started, <laughs> um, so I was very very proud of, about it. But it was what was really uh, um, really interesting and and really nice is the feedback. So people read your article and even if they disagree, they tell you about it. They they talk to you about it and they they give you feedback. And you have to think about: Did I explain it correctly? Did I Maybe did something wrong, or even is there a better way? When some somebody c- comes around and says, "Oh no, no, we do this differently for years, and it's perfect." And then you you see other people talking about that stuff, and it helps to to get your opinion, um, to, to yeah, to to get another kind of perspective. Yeah, perspective on you on what you do, on what you like to do, and this helps to to get better.
0: Um, so you're putting yourself out there and you're getting feedback uh, from the iOS developer community. Are you finding the feedback usually to be positive or at least constructive criticism when it is, um, you know, criticism? Because that's really important. You know, we're a community and uh, people are looking to us to see what our community's like. And are we uh, helping each other or are we sort of being negative towards each other? And wh- what's the f- feedback uh, been like for you?
1: great feedback all all the time great feedback i really love um, the uh, the the ios developer community and especially the swift community they are so open they're sharing all that stuff they they learn in in their jobs or in their spare time projects or when they meet um, meetups or in conferences they share all that stuff on twitter on their blogs i really really love it um because then you can read from them, and it's, it's kind of a bit of a conversation. You read it, you can respond to it, and you can try it out. They, they post some, some code they used in the, in the blog post on GitHub, and you can download it. It's, I, I really love how open our community is.
0: What's the iOS developer community like in Germany or in uh, Dusseldorf where you live? Are there meetups? Are there places where you guys get together?
1: Yeah. So, are there, in,
0: are there other iOS developers there, or are you the yeah. only one?
1: Yeah. Sure. We have iOS developers in Germany. Um, in in Düsseldorf, there are not that many because Düsseldorf is not a really big city in in Germany. Um, but there are a few. I I. Used to go to uh, meetups in Cologne, which is not far from Düsseldorf, so I have to to go by train for an hour. And um, in Cologne, there are a lot more developers, and there's a meetup every month, or also a Cocoahead meet, Cocoaheads meetup. And I try to go there as often as I can.
0: Is there a Swift meetup out there?
1: Yes, in Cologne there's a Swift meetup, um, but it's kind of new. It started. Two month ago, and um, uh, next week or the, the week after that is the second uh, meetup.
0: All right, great. Yeah. So, what what do you usually write about uh, with Swift and painless? What do you like to write about?
1: Um, it's 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 kind of mixed. Everything I I stumble upon and find interesting. A lot of testing stuff is in there. So if I find a way or think I found a way to test something which was difficult to test for me then I write about it Um, or also stuff like the table view controller thing where things I find quite interesting it's more like for uh, experienced developers I think but it's not intentional um, to be that way so I was really happy that one of my readers um, in the Slack channel, um, asked me, could you explain it more for someone who's not experienced enough? Why this is a good idea to make it to do it like this? And um, uh, he also put it as a comment under uh, uh, be, below the. the the blog post and i wrote another blog post ex- explaining why i think this is a good idea um
0: are you a, are you a part of like a, a global swift slack channel or is this something local
1: no it's um, it's slack stack ios or something I don't, Oh,
0: interesting cuz i i know there's a global um slack channel called swifters but i haven't checked it in a while oh I no feel like i like that don't. kind of stuff is better maybe more local
1: yeah i'm i'm in a german swift channel and in a German cocoaheads channel. Um I, I didn't know there's a Swifter. I have to check that out afterwards. But yeah, it's called Swifters. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um so go ahead. Yeah, I I, I wrote another blog post uh, which I think explained why this is a good idea. So it's it's um it explains how I did it before I did it this way. And um, the reader can then decide if it's uh, worth to, to do this strange thing I did in the, in the <laughs> article.
0: One thing I want to talk to you about, we're going back just a little bit, is your experience going from Objective-C to Swift because a lot of Swift coders are in that similar situation. They're Objective-C developers or they maybe tried Objective-C but were turned off. Um, and they're, mov- they're thinking of whether or not they should move to Swift. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? What was what was familiar? What was different? What was what was difficult? My guess is that uh, you know it was more about learning the language, whereas like the frameworks were still um, you, you were used to the frameworks, but you just had to kind of interact with the frameworks differently.
1: Yeah. So, in in my opinion, it helps a lot if you already know the frameworks um, from Objective C. So, I think it's good if you know Objective C then it's easier to learn Swift. <clears throat> but um, uh, I I kind of f- found it hard to learn Swift, because Swift is so a big language, in my opinion. I heard um, opinions from other people just recently in the Slack channels that they don't think it's a big language, they think it's a simple language. I don't agree, I think it's a really, really, it, it's not. It 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 looks easy at the beginning because it's the 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 syntactic uh, the syntax is the syntax. smaller. Yeah, the syntax is smaller than in Objective C, so you don't need that strange brackets all all, all over the place. Um, but it's so deep. So you have the the functional programming stuff. You have the reduce, map, and flat map, and all that stuff, and really powerful features, and the 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 value semantics and the the, the reference um, or, or the the, the enums are really powerful stuff and I think um, it's it's quite hard to get all that learned in in a short time of uh, sh- short time so I think you have to start to think about how can I maybe use what I know from Objective-C and write similar stuff in in swift and if you have done that then go to the blog posts of drift of, of for example natasha the robot or um, other people uh, think writing about how to do really cool stuff in swift um, and and then improve your swift code that it don't look like translated objective c code but right. like swift code
0: is that what you did at first? Because I, I feel like I've seen Objective C developers writing Swift code like Objective C.
1: Yeah, I did it at the beginning because it's it was really so strange that there are so many different um, principles included in that language, and uh, yeah, you, it needs time to sink in. And I read the 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 ebook from Apple, and um, read blog posts about it, and uh, then from one step after another, it's it synced in and I, I could think about ways to improve my Swift code in a Swifty way.
0: Right, right. But I think if you're coming from Objective-C, it's, it's fine to do that, you know, do, do what you're familiar with, you know, yeah. make those mistakes and then, you know, just as you said, learn, see other code uh, and, you know, and improve.
1: Yeah, sure. And go to the open source stuff. So not the open source stuff from Apple, so I, I mean open source applications. For example, Artsy, which is a, a company in New York, I think, Right. they do open source by default. So all their right. um, stuff is open source. I don't, I think they don't have many Swift um, projects, but I have a few as far as I know. Go look look up what they are doing, what they come up with, um, and uh, there are also many many. There, there, there is, I think, there, I think there is a um, GitHub uh, about um, applications, um, open source applications, and a lot of them. Well, are I know also- I
0: went to your GitHub, and there was a repository. I don't know if if you're talking about the same one, but I thought I went to your GitHub and saw a repository. Yeah, where this it, is it, a it fork. Every Oh, okay.
1: So there is a, a original one. I forked it because I added um, uh, one of my projects into it. Um, I I find the link and and send it to you so you can put it in the show notes. Um, so you can go there and look uh, what people uh, that who are experienced with Swift and with uh, writing um, iOS applications. Um, put there for free for everyone to to look up to learn to get better.
0: That's such a great idea. For instance, let's say you download the Artsy app, which is beautiful, by the way. And you're like, "Wow, how did they how did they do that?" There's like a particular feature you want to implement in your application. How did they do that? Well, Artsy is open by default, so you can go find the Artsy code. Uh, I don't know if it's in Swift or or if some of it's in Swift. Yeah. Um, and you can look and see how did they accomplish this particular. You know, feature or, or solve this particular problem. It's such a great idea, and I'm actually going to do that uh, when we get off because I'm uh, working on a particular solution. Uh, it's it's something I've never really done before, uh, where I, I can't use Interface Builder or storyboards or zip files. I have to do everything programmatically, and I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of dig around and see if I can find some some interesting uh, code in there.
1: Yeah, there's another another one. You can go to cococontrols.com um this is a site where uh, a lot of different controls and interfaces are posted um and all that stuff which is on that site not all but most of that stuff is open source with MIT license so you can go wow. take the code put it in your in your application as soon as far as you mention the people uh, that the original um authors then everything is fine
0: right Right. But what I like to do is, you know, look at how people solve something and then try to solve it myself. But, you know, some people, they want to just, you know, take other people's code and kind of get the solution out the door. Um, But I think if you're doing it for learning purposes, definitely want to take a look at it and see how they accomplished, uh, how they accomplished something. Yeah. But on the note of open source uh, Swift, are you following that at all? Uh, Are you uh, on the mailing list, or do you read, for instance, Swift weekly Brief, or are you contributing at all? That's something I want to do. I want to start contributing, but I haven't got there yet.
1: Yeah, same same for me. I would love to contribute contribute to the the open source Swift and shape the Swift of the future. But right now, I don't have the time to do so. I have a full time. no, not a full time. I'm working four days. Um, but I have a a small child and this also takes a lot of time and I have a wife and um, I also write another book right now it's only uh, so it's not for international uh, readers it's a German book but still there is a lot of stuff I'm doing right now and I don't find the time to first of all you have to to get familiar with the open source stuff Apple is doing. I, I read the um, iOS with briefly um, every week, I think it is. And yeah, um, but they, they st- he started to introduce um, starter. Uh, Starter, commi- or starter oh yeah
0: starter task yes right yeah exactly
1: and so you c- could start there but even for this I don't have the time right now but I want to want to contribute sometime in the future yeah
0: Yeah, it's a little bit beyond my my understanding. What I'm hoping to do is have someone who knows a little bit more about that come to one of my meetups and teach us how to get started. Yeah. Uh, And that way we can get the ball rolling. And actually, I created a new meetup called Swift Coders L.A., which one of the main reasons it exists is to talk about Swift open source and to contribute. But I still haven't found that person in Los Angeles you know, that is involved in in that type of a way, you know, more open source contributing and more a language person. Uh, Hi, one of our uh, members who teaches us, uh, he's really into the Swift language, but I'm not sure if he's into open source stuff that much. I need to talk to him about that.
1: Yeah, Um, apart from that... uh i think it's also important that you don't have to contribute to the language you can also contribute to the documentation to you can you can think about what could be better and write a proposal about it this is open for right. everyone and you can also discuss about proposals which are right now in review or going to be in review and be part of it so it's not you don't have to write code but you can contribute in many different ways
0: that's a really good point. So yeah, if you maybe want to contribute but you don't know how to contribute to the language, yeah, subscribe to the mailing list and maybe reply to one of the proposals that you agree with or disagree with. But of course, always be friendly and respect the community. Yeah, sure. So one thing I wanted to talk about was: Have you um, thought about or played with uh, server-side Swift at all?
1: No, not at all. Not not at the moment. And I also not. I'm not a, a server server person. So for my <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> from, it's okay. from my experience um, I only know Swift and Objective-C kind of well enough to do productive stuff about it and right before Swift got onto the server I couldn't do anything on servers I have to I, I still have to, to learn this uh, sometime too. in the future but there are still so many things I, I I think I have to learn in Swift and Objective C and in iOS. That uh, yeah, it's it's on on my to learn list, um, but I haven't done it right now. I know. But Only I'm,
0: if there was enough time, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. could learn everything. <laughs> yeah. So before we go, I want to find out like what do you think? Uh, what do you love about? for instance, Swift or iOS development in terms of like, you love to study it all the time. And, and the reason I'm asking is because I want to know if, if people can contact you, like you are the guy that they should go to for X, you know, like if you want to learn about, you know, the table view controller or, you know, testing, maybe it's testing. I think probably it is like what, what I mean, people I'm, I'm assuming can contact you for, for other things, but like, what would you say is like the best thing that you you know what's your like skill the number one skill in for Swift and iOS development.
1: One thing I do for a very really long time, longer than testing, is um, doing the, the the implementation of views in code without using the interface builder. So if you have questions about that, you can contact me. Or if you have questions about um, auto layout. Um, because I helped to update the book for raywenderlich.com. This was the iOS 6 developers by tutorials I think. And there were two chapters about auto layout and I learned a lot by, I I knew auto layout before, but I learned a lot (laughs) while I updated the book for, it was for iOS 8. It was not for Swift. It was for iOS 8. So if you have questions about, um, auto layout. You can also contact me, and of course, you can uh, contact me about testing. I um, I I I hope I can answer your question or at least um, point you to the direction where you can find more information about it.
0: I am so excited to learn that because, as I mentioned, I have a task that um, doesn't require me. I mean, I could implement it in um, you know using Interface Builder, etc. But because of the team, I'm Completing the task for you know they do everything programmatically, and so I'm really excited to learn that about you because I'm definitely going to be picking your brain. But just to be clear on like what we're talking about, uh, some people use Interface Builder and storyboards and XIB files, zip files, NIB files to build their interface graphically, and then you know interact with the graphical you know the interface, which I, I'm sure they're just XML files, right? So they they interact with them programmatically, but some people. Like what Dominic's talking about right now is they create everything programmatically, so they never touch interface builder, uh, and and they create all their views and their view controllers and um, and then you know all the constraints and all that programmatically. So wow, that's awesome! If anybody has questions about that, uh, where can they contact you?
1: So of course um, you can contact me on Twitter, so like like you did. Uh, it's dasdom. Is my Twitter handle so D A S D O M, um, and this is also the handle I use most in, in most of the places I I make different. So it's also my GitHub account. Um, it's also my I have a domain which is dasdom.de, um, but um, I think it's easier to find me in Swift on on swift and painless and there's also some contact advice you can get there to my twitter handle and that stuff um yeah just um ping me and ask me or um, start the discussion about review controllers and we can find new ways to imp- implement it
0: right right yeah so Definitely contact uh, Dominic. I mean, I, I contacted him and we just began that, that discussion quickly. And now, you know, we, we're recording this podcast. So thank you so much. Okay. Before we, be, uh, before we go, one piece of advice for people learning Swift. Go.
1: Yeah. The advice is don't stop. Just do it. Do um, open playgrounds, play around with the language and read a lot of blog posts. That is my advice
0: i love it you hear that swift coders just do it don't stop and yeah just keep writing that swift so dominic hauser thank you so much for coming on the show today for sharing your story with us for giving us all your advice and yeah just for being a really awesome member of the swift and ios developer community i mean you do so much i don't know how you find the time i wish you the best of luck uh with everything that you're doing i really look forward To talking to you in the future thank you thank you thank you for having me and that's the show ladies and gentlemen i hope you enjoyed listening to the swift coders podcast feel free to share the show with a friend leave a review on itunes or recommend us on overcast if you have any questions comments or just want to say hi contact me on twitter until next time go swiftly my friends